Good morning, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off. Tracted Yuma, second to the last chapter, chapter seven. Um, 70 be on the bottom, second line from the bottom. It says in the Mishnah that afterwards he would uh, sanctify his hands and his feet. Tell the rabbi, no, the rabbis learn. Aaron went back to the tent, to the high, holy of holies. Why, why does he go back? To remove the spoon, the empty spoon, that, and the machta, the... Uh, the pan with we burnt the incense. We continue in seventy-one H the whole entire parish is written in order. Except for this Pasik. The Pasik it says he should go take it out of the Holy of Holies, remove the spoon and the pan. Right. So the Titus says it together with the when he's talking when the Titus in the in the book of Leviticus. In Parshas Achrimais, when he discusses all the things that he's doing in, in, in the Holy of Holies, he mentions it all together before he offers his ram and the ram of the people. But the truth is, the real sequence is, first he has to offer the ram and the ram of the people, and then he would go back in. So it was broken up. It wasn't, it wasn't like he finished doing the incense and then he removed the pan. No, he left it there, he walked out, took care of the other things, the ram and the ram of the people, and then he went back in to remove the spoon. In other words, if you read the Pasuk literally, in the, uh, then it, would, it was, while he was still wearing the first time he put on the white garments, the linen garments, yeah. and he went to the Holy of Holies, he did everything there. And then he concluded whatever he needed to do in the Holy of Holies, including removing the spoon and the pan. And then he went and continued the other service. He says, no, it's not so. So that's the only thing that's not, not in, the, in the right sequence. My time. What's the reason? Why don't we follow the sequence of the title? Why don't you read the title literally? Well, why are you changing the simple meaning of the title? Remember, we learned that we have Allah, that Moshe received from Sinai, the high priest, goes to the mikveh five times and sanctifies his hands and his legs and feet ten times. If you're going to say that the title means literally a while he's still in there, he should remove the spoon and the fire pan, then, then he only has to change clothing only three times. Uh-huh. He starts out with the gold clothes, you know, the all eight vestments. Right. Then he goes to the mikvah and he has to change into the white. Then he goes to the mikvah and changes back into the gold and you're done. Only, you only need three changes. Not five. So therefore we must say three and six, yeah. So that's why, but we know it's five and ten. So therefore we have to say that that we have to divide, separate. That the removal of the of the of the of the of the, of the removal of the spoon and the removal of the pan that has to be separate. So after he puts on the eight vestments, then he has to again change back into the white. And then go into the holy volleys just to remove the spoon, just to remove it. And then, and then go again and change into the gold and finish the service. And altogether, you have five change of clothing, five times a mikvah, and ten times sanctifying your hands and your Matzler Abzeid asked the question. Maybe 
he interrupts with going out to the goat and confessing the goat that's the, the scapegoat yeah how do you know it's the ram and the ram of the pe- of the of the nation for, for the for the Jewish people maybe the ram and the uh, ram of the Jewish people is like it's written in the Torah in the sequence right. that happens after he removes the spoon and the and the pen so you don't have to change the order of the pasuk. Leave the order of the pasuk. First, you remove the spoon and the pan, and then afterwards you do the ram. I have to do five. So you have to interrupt his being in the holy of holies. It has to be interrupted. It has to be an interruption, an interval, and then he has to go back in, change his clothing again. Go fine. But what should you interrupt in between? Don't say that he, he changes into his, his eighth vestment, gold, and then he brings the ram, and then he turn, changes back into the linen and, and takes out the spoon. No, the ram happens after the spoon, after he removes the spoon and the, and the pen. What happens when he changes clothing, removes the, the linen and puts on the eighth clothing? What happens then is he goes out and to confess on the uh, scapegoat and sends it out. Yeah. He says he should go out and he should do the oil. When he leaves, the first time he's leaving the Holy of Holies, what's the first thing he has to do? He has to bring his burnt offering, the high priest's burnt offering. Which, which burnt offering is that? The high priest only has one burnt offering that belongs to him, which is the ram. He brings a bull, his personal bull, which is the sin offering, and his ram, which is the burnt offering. So Taylor says clearly that happens after the first time he leaves the Holy of Holies. So that's what interrupts, that's the interval between the first time he's in the Holy of Holies and the second time he's in the Holy of Holies. So therefore it's out of sequence. And the Taylor says that first he removes the spoon and then, and then he offers the ram. That's out of sequence, it's not so. Rava Rava says Rava gives a different answer. Rava says in the pasuk of Pasha this big day abad he removes he undresses he removes the linen. Shein Talmud Loi, why does he have to tell me? Asher lavash says big day abad Asher lavash that he put on. Klumadim peishal Masher lavash. Of course, when he say a Pasha that he removes, obviously he's wearing it. In order to in order to undress, you got to be dressed. Why does he have to say undress the clothing that he was dressed in? Just by Undressed by definition means he's dressed in it, so it's extra. Matamule, what's he coming to teach me? Ashalavash. He's coming to teach me. Shalavash kvar. In other words, this the second time he's removing it. Yeah. But there's another time. Ashalavash kvar that he already put on. Titus tell me, remove the linen garments. Now, of course he's wearing now the linen garments. That's why you're undressing. You can't undress unless you dress. But Asherlavash means he already wore it earlier. He's wearing it twice. Mm-hmm. Rav is not coming to answer Rabzeda's question. How do we know that the ram happens before he removes the spoon? Not like the sequence of the Tehidah. He's answering the first question. 
how do we know in general? Breathe the Torah literally. Maybe the removing of the spoon, removing the pan happens the first time he's there. He's there, he waits until the fire goes up the smoke, and then he waits, and then he removes it. How do we know that there's an interruption, there's an interval? And he, meanwhile, he gets dressed in eight garments, and he, he undresses and gets back, and, 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 and puts on again the four garments, and goes in just to remove the spoon, just to remove... See, Rabbi answers, because it says, Ashalavash, it's extra, Ashalavash, when you tell me undress, of course I know he's dressed, what do you have to tell me that he's dressed? See, Ashalavash means that it's already the second time. It means that means he put it on. He puts it on twice. There is an interval, and he puts it on again just to go back to remove the spoon and the pan. Maskelot Rabbi Rav Shilo. Rabbi Shilo. Question is, say the So yes, Rav. Okay. So how do we know that the ram, that the interval, what he does in the interval, is before he removes the spoon, is he offers his own ram and the ram. Of the Jewish people, mm-hmm. so he says it, uh, but maybe, maybe the interval, maybe that happens like it says in the sequence in the title. It happens after he removes the spoon. What do you do in the interval? Maybe he makes the confession on the scapegoat. So he says, like it says, v'yatsava means that he leaves the first time he leaves. The first time he leaves, he exits the Holy of Holies. That's when he brings, the high priest brings his ram burnt as a burnt offering and, and also the ram of the Jewish people. So that's the interview. You're telling me the whole parsha is written in the proper sequence except, this is the only exception? That the removal of the spoon and the pan doesn't happen immediately. It had, there's an interval between mm-hmm. And the interval is the ram and the ram of his people. It happens before the spoon. Before the removal of the spoon, not like it's written in the title, but everything else is does follow a proper sequence. Mm-hmm. We find uh, we find there's two psukim. It says that the fat of the chattis, no, the parts of the of the two sin offerings, the bull of the high priest and the goat. That was uh, sprinkled. Its blood was sprinkled inside, and and they're burnt. Remember, they they, they uh, weave them together, and then they're taken out and burnt. So the parts of the animal that were taken out, they would tear it open, take out the parts of the animal. That has to be burnt on the altar. So it says in the pasuk, you should burn it on the altar. And then it says, the bull and the goat, and the goat you should take outside the camp. So according, if you read the title literally, what was the proper sequence? First you would burn the parts of the animal, and then you would retake it out, the animal, the, le- the rest of the animal outside of your shalayim. But what do we learn? We learn, someone who reads, who's with the Kohen Gadol when he's reading the Torah, when he's still wearing the linen clothing, and doesn't see that how he's burning you can't see, it can't be two places at once, it happens simultaneously. So when when was the burning of the when was the burning of the whole entire animal outside Yerushalayim? The same time the Kohen Gadol was reading the Torah. <laughs> when did they burn the parts of the Chattas on the altar, the outer altar? That happened much later. That happened when he was already dressed in the eight garments. Mm-hmm. And he was offering his ram and the ram of the people. 
Not when he was reading the Torah. He was reading the Torah. He was still wearing the linen that he wore. He just came out of the Holy of Holies still wearing the white linen. And that's when he read the Torah. When would he burn the parts in the outer altar, the parts of, the, of those two sin offerings? After he changed clothing and put on the eight vestments, including the four gold. And then he offered his ram and the ram for the people. And then he offered the parts of the chattas. So it's not in the sequence of the Torah. It's another thing that's not in the sequence. Uh -huh. How could you start out? You make an introduction. Everything in, the, everything in this parish is, is in the proper sequence. Except one thing. Except one thing. Here's another except. <laughs> the explanation, the Braise says, not ex one exception. Everything is in the proper order until it comes to the spoon. Everything past this is totally out of sequence. The Torah is not giving us the right order. The Torah is just giving us, telling us, condensing. Okay, this is what's going to happen in the Holy of Holies. This is what's going to happen outside. But now we're no longer talking order sequence. It's a whole different, everything is a whole different sequence. Not the way it's written. Everything's out of order why are you changing the Pasuk? Say that the Mishnah, in other words, if you have a choice, you're saying the Mishnah is giving us an order and Taita is giving us an order. So you're jumping and saying that the Taita is out of order, but the Mishnah is in order. Maybe change the Mishnah, maybe the Mishnah is out of order. Although it says in the Mishnah that he burned the parts of the sin offering, the bull and the, and the, and the goat, was done later, maybe the mission is out of order. Maybe the mission means it was burnt earlier. Mm. The way it's written in the Torah. Mm -hmm. When he was still wearing uh, the, the, uh, his garments, his white garments. Or before he offered the before he offered the ram. Maybe he's wearing eight garments before he offered the ram. I'm going to buy a by answer. No, we'll bring a proof from the Pasuk at the Pasuk that's not in sequence. Because I'm Makra, it says in the Pasuk, the one who sends the scapegoat, the one who's leading the scapegoat, has to wash his clothing, has to clean. His clothing, garments become impure, and he has to clean in the mikveh, dip it in the mikveh. And it says, and whoever burns the bull and the goat outside Yerushalayim also has to wash his, uh, has to clean his clothing, has to wash his clothing, has to dip it in the mikveh, becomes impure. So we learn, just like, when does he send the scapegoat? Before you burn the parts of this of the sinof. Because this is written in the Torah, before he sends the scapegoat. So also burning also happens earlier. The Taita juxtaposes the two. So the burning of the of the bull and the goat, the sin offerings, the bull of the high priest and the goat, so the sin offering of the Jewish people, this burning also happens before, happens earlier. Even though it's written after after he burns the parts in the altar, but really it happened before. Yeah. So we learn it from the Torah. On the contrary, if you're already going to juxtapose the two, can, uh, can learn from each other, you should learn. Just like when you burn it. When do you burn it? You burn it, read the title literally. First, you burn the parts of the, you rip open the belly, you take out from the bull and the goat, you take out the parts that have to be offered at the altar. So safe. So follow the order. Burn that first. And then you burn it, the, re the leftover, the whole animal, the whole bowl and the whole goat, yeah? 
So if he's saying it's out of sequence already, if he's learning one from the other, learn that Meshalech is also, when do you send the scapegoat? Send it after you burn the parts of the animal in the open. Even though it says you should send the scapegoat before the Torah says you should burn the parts of the animal, why don't you learn the other way? How do I know? How do, I don't know which way to learn. Who am I learning from who? So you're taking it for granted that I'm learning the burning from the sending. Just like the sending is before the incense, before you burn the parts of the arrow altar, so to the burning is also before. Maybe it's the opposite. Just like the burning is after you burn the parts, even the sending the scapegoat should also happen after. My answer is no, you can't say it. Because Vaham Meshaleach means the Meikaramach. Meshaleach means that you're already sent. Vaham Meshaleach, and the one that sent. So you're going back. Not I'm sending now. And Vaham Meshaleach, you already sent earlier. And the one that sent, the one that we mentioned earlier that was sent. And when was he sent? The Torah says it was sent before you burn the parts of the bull and the and the and the goat on the outer altar. So therefore, when it says Vasaidev, the Torah juxtaposes it to Vasaidev. Burning comes to teach me the burning also happens before before you offer those parts on the outer altar. Even though it says in sequence, it says it says you should burn it after you offer those parts on the asphalt. But, but the tater juxtaposes teaches that that's not the sequence. So he's, he's like going back. The Torah is like going back. After he tells us about burning the parts of the bull and the goat on the, on, on the Arot, he goes back. And by the way, when I mentioned earlier that the one who sends out, so you should know that also I'm teaching you that when he sends out, his garments become impure. So he has to dip it in the mikveh. And the one who burns it, when does he burn it? He burns it at the same time that he's sending it out. Mm-hmm. Like he says, he can't be at the same time, the same place. So when he sends out and he burns it, the one who burns it also, his garments also, which happens earlier before you're burning the parts of the bull and the goat on the outer road. So it comes from Vayikra. Uh, yeah, yeah. Achrei Mais, in the book, book of Vayikra. Right, Achrei yeah. Rava Rava says, Rava answers, another answer Rava gives, you can't say that the sending of the goat, you asked, why don't you, if you're juxtaposing the two already, so why don't you juxtapose the sending of the goat, scapegoat to the burning of the scapegoat, just like the burning of the scapegoat, I'm sorry, just like the burning of the, of the, of the goat and the bull happens after if you follow the titan's proper sequence happens after you burn the parts of the bull and the and the goat and the outer altar so to the scape sending the scapegoat should also happen after the rabbi says you can't say that why not because i'm a it says in the passage you should stand them up while he's alive the scapegoat has to be have to stand them up 
to achieve an atonement. And we learn that how long does he have to stand there? You have to stand him up, make sure that he's alive. Until the time of atonement. In other words, how long do you have to wait before you send them off the mountain, be thrown off the mountain, until until you achieve an atonement with the other goat? When do you achieve an atonement with the goat? The moment you sprinkle the blood, it's already the atonement is achieved, and that's when you send them out. You don't wait, you send them out. Not more. So you don't wait to send the scapegoat to much, much later after the parts of the bull and the, and the goat are, are burnt in the outer altar. No. You do it immediately. So in other words, Tana, the bull and goat are shakted. As the mother continues, Asi, when the one who sent the scapegoat would come, by the way, it says he's called Ishiti because he wouldn't live. He wouldn't live, whoever sent off the scapegoat wouldn't live that year, wouldn't finish out the year, would die that year. And nevertheless, everyone was clamoring to be the one to have the merit. Yeah. So uh, when he would come back, because remember, he, 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 he stayed in the booth. So it was at night, he wouldn't come back, he wouldn't travel the desert in the middle of the night, he would sleep over yeah. and come back the next day. So he found the Kohen Gadol in the marketplace, in the public. So he would honor the Kohen Gadol and he would tell him, my master, my great, special person, Kohen Gadol. We did We did, we fulfilled your mission. But if we found him in his house, then Emily says to him, the one who gives life, the one who gives life to life, Hashem, if he's in public, he has to show respect for him in front of the public. So he says, we did your shlichus, if he's the, the agent of the high priest. But when he's home alone, he can talk to him openly. The Kohen Gadol knows, of course, it's a shlichus of Hashem. He himself is just an agent of Hashem. So it's really Hashem shlichus. Gemara says, Amar Rab, Rab Zakimif, the Rabban Madadi, 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 so when the rabbis would, would take permission to go back home, and they would finish the time of learning and go back home, Amar Rab, they would say like this, Chaye Chaim, the giver of a life, Yitn Chaim Madruchim, should give you a long life, Betovim, a good life, and Mutukan, and a fixed life. How could you lengthen life? What do you mean, lengthen life? <laughs> Only 24 hours in a day. You can't make it uh, 24. You can't make it longer. But it means if you live a meaningful life, yeah. quality-wise, then it's it's it's, it's a long life. Right. It says in the pasuk. David Amela says until him esalich from Hashem. We say it in the halal esalich from Hashem. Barzach Hashem walk before Hashem. Barzach in the lands of the living. I'm Rabbi Huda. That refers to the makom shvakim. That I should walk in the lands of the living, meaning there should be a place, a market, there should be a mall, a supermarket, a place where we can buy things, easy to buy things that you need. So David Amela, who's always wandering, the wandering Jew. Hiding from the uh, Yeah, on the road, he's constantly on the road. 
So he asked Hashem, make sure I have a 7 Eleven, I have a, a place to stop in, stop place to eat, to grab a bite, you know. That's what Arjus Achayim, I can live, I can live. It says a Mishli in Proverbs, length of days and years of life and peace. You see what Hashem should add to you. What is this? Are the years of life and years that are not life? What do you mean? He says, give me years of life instead of, instead of years and not life. It's referring to the years, different times, different types of years. That Hashem should change the bad times to the good times. Because if a person was poor when he was young, right. then Hashem blessed him in his older age, he became, he became rich. So it says, if he died, then he came back to life. That's what he says, give me years of life. I had years, but there were years of death, there were years of pain. Now, Baruch Hashem, I have years of life, of nachas. It says in the Pasuk, Aleichem Yishimekra, it says in Proverbs, another Pasuk in Proverbs, Aleichem Yishimekra, the Kaili of Neyad. So Gemara explains, Amar Abrachi, Elot Hamidachacham. He says, Ishim, you, Ishim, like distinguished people. Distinguished people, these refers to the rabbis, the Torah scholars. So why are they called Ishim? Ishim sounds like a woman, not a man. Because the, the Torah scholars are like women. Because they don't exercise, they don't, they don't, they don't, don't play. They they're busy learning all day, and and, and Torah makes you weak. But but they're strong in Torah like people, but they're weak physically. Physically, they're weak. You understand? Yeah, so physically, spiritually, they're strong, vigorous, vibrant. But physically, the rabbi doesn't go to the gym. He's not exercising. You know, the once asked the rabbi, how do you keep so fit? You're 90 years old. You're fit. You're vibrant. You're vigorous. You never exercise. You never. You don't join the gym. This is not true. I do exercise. When I act as pallbearer for my members who exercise all the time. <laughs> anyway. If a person sees that Torah is being interrupted, his children are not following in his footsteps and not learning Torah. Oh, one second, we, 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 we skipped a piece. Rabbi said another thing. Today we don't have a temple, we don't have an altar. If someone wants to pour wine on the altar, what should he do? He should fill the throat so he should give them wine, bring with them. So it's as if you're pouring a libation. Because the carbon is like a fire. Like fire, they're on fire, they're balls of fire. They're a combination of brilliance. With fire, their hearts are on fire. So it's as if you're pouring a libation by the altar. Another thing Abraham said in the end of the second Mizari is about If a person sees that they're not learning Torah and it's starting to come to an end, he learned Torah, his father learned Torah, his children are not into it. So he should marry off his son to a daughter of a Tamukha. 
So she grew up with Taira. So therefore, she's gonna she's gonna convince them. You know, it's all up to the wife. If she loves Taira and she desires Taira, it's a value by her. It's gonna become a value by her husband and by her children. Person sees that his offshoots are about to, are about to die because they're not learning Torah. So what should he do? We continue on side B. From the smell of water, Yafria will grow, will flourish. And then what was cut off will be planted. So since she, the wife, your daughter-in-law grew up in a home of Torah. She had the, she absorbed the atmosphere of Torah, the smell of Torah, the aroma of Torah. She's the pleasant aroma. She's going to want that in her house. But she's going to encourage her husband. A woman has the power. Husband loves a woman, loves his wife, so he's, he's going to encourage him to learn Torah and her children as well. Okay. Says we yamtiv yisraelayev of the high priest will make a yamtiv. Tan the rabban and the rabbis learn ma'aseh b'kein god lech shasam b'sam b'gosh. A high priest exited at the from the temple of Asli Kulealma Basri, and the whole entire nation followed him. Kiv when the chazinu l'shmai v'avtalyin when they saw when they saw shmai v'avtalyin. Which were the leaders of the generation, the heads of the Jewish Supreme Court, of they they abandoned the high priest. They went to say to say hello to Shmaya to greet him. The safe at the end of Shmaya Town lifted him in the Kingdom At the end, Shmaya Town also approached the Kingdom of to say, you know, to thank him for the tremendous service that he did and the high priest and the Yom Kippur. So the high priest said to Shmaya Town, "Yes, even Shlom." So they said, "Amalehen." The, the, the people of another nation should come to peace. In other words, he was very, he was, he was treating them very, very lightly. He was very upset that the people, scornful, that the people left them, abandoned them, and chose instead to go to Shmaya Vaftalia. He says, the nation, the people of the nations, other nations. Said to him, Let the people of the nations, the Jewish people that you are so uh, being scornful about, let them come to peace because they followed in the ways of Aaron, who loved peace and chased after peace. But the son of Aaron, like you, the high priest, should not come to peace. You did not follow the ways of Aaron because you're you're you're, you're mistreating them. You're, um, you're you're scornful of them. That's not the way Aaron treated Jews. Aaron was so respectful of Jews. Right. Why did he say the sons of people? Because Maya Naftalian. Rashi says because they were the, the grandchildren of Sancheron. The Rambam says they themselves were converts. So he, he was treating them, Shmaya of Avtalian, very disrespectful. He says, Shmaya of Avtalian, we treat the Jewish people with respect. And that's why they all came running to us. They ran away from you because you, the son of Aaron, who taught us how to treat everyone with respect, are treating, treating us so disrespectfully, so scornfully. It's like honor, you have to earn honor. 
It says if someone cha- runs runs from honor, honor cha- follows you. If you run towards honor, honor runs away from you. So someone who desires honor, honor runs away from them. But someone who's respectful of others, people are respectful of him. Someone who's disrespectful of others in his heart, he's scornful and disrespectful, people have zero respect for him. Okay, next mission is like the elegant mission of the king, the high priest would serve with the eight garments. The head yet, but the regular priest barber. Which are the four? Because the, the the tunic, the, the shirt, which reached all the way, all the way to the to the floor, to the bottom of his legs, and the sayim, his pants, and its nephes, and the hat, the abnet, and the and the belt. The high priest would add another four. Where also we are these four, but add another four. the breastplate, the ephod, and the special. Uh, the meil, meil, meil was the robe. Right. The a- yeah, vefet was it was like an apron. Yeah. The meil was a robe, the tits, and on his forehead he had the tits, the metal plate. And with these he would ask Only when he was wearing all eight clothes, you have to wear all eight garments. When you had to ask the oracle, so you had to be wearing all eight garments. Only one who can ask from the oracle was only a king, a lot of the head of the Jewish Supreme Court, someone who the entire community was dependent on. From the rabbi and the rabbis learn the meaning that the, that the this each each thread was made up of six threads. Shisha, six. Marja, whenever it says Marja, the thread was thick. It was made up of eight strands. Meal, that's meal, Shnei Masa, twelve. Padreiches, the curtain was each thread, each thread, each strand was very thick. It was made up of Esen Barba, twenty-four strands. Cheshem the Cheshem V'Eifod were made up of strands of Esen Mishmaina. Esen Mishmaina, twenty-eight. How do we know that whoever it says sheish it means that each each uh, each thread was made up of six six strands? The mother says, Damaka says in the positive, Yasu Sakosne Sheish. It says you should make this shirt, uh, the, the tunic, six. Sheish. Sheish literally means linen. But it says sheish. And, and the hat, sheish. Why didn't you just say all of them together? They should all be made of shaykh. Make the shirt, the 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 hat, the pants. Shaykh. Why do you have to spell out shaykh each one separately? So we have five tsukim. Five times the tater repeats. Tater repeats. Shaykh. Shaykh. Sheish, Sheish, and Mosh. So it comes to teach me. Ha, the I need one to teach me. It has to be made of linen. Kitnani. 
it comes to teach me that it has to be each each thread has to be sheish six times. Sheish is linen, but sheish is going to wear shisha six. They have to be all shizurin. You all have to be like a coil together, you know, like the tzitzis are. They're all uh, twined together. You have to be twined together. Bechad to teach them the shar begadim other garments. It doesn't say sheish. Bechad I want to teach me lake. But it's not just the Torah is telling me ideally it should be this way. But even if it's a one strand thread, it's also good. It says no, it's a deal breaker. <laughs> And then the Torah says, Masha, to teach me that 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 everything, not only one each strand has to be twined, each thread which is made up of six strands has to be twined, but all the threads together also have to be twined. Okay. How do we know the sheish is kitnehu? Sheish is linen. But why is the called bad? bad. The only thing, the only plant that grows, and it's one reed. Every kernel, every kernel, every seed only produces one single reed. Not a few together. Usually, from one curse, one seed comes a few, a few right. But here is only one one. That's only uh, linen. Hmm. Let's say amra. Maybe it refers to wool. Because also every here in the animal is separate. Has its, has its own uh, its own uh, source. It's not that every ha- every here is uh, is alone, because it breaks up. It, it, sometimes the, the here is cracked, so it's the here splits into two. You can, you can't call it bad, but the alone. But the here the reed, you have one seed, one reed, and that's linen. So you only have one. Linen also, if you crush it, it will also split into two. It's only when you hit it, it doesn't happen on its own, but here it can split on its own. Hmm. Ravina gives a different explanation. How do we know that change means linen? From here. It says in Yecheskel, clearly, regarding the clothing, the garments of the Koyanim. It says clearly. That the hat was made of flax, pishtim. He spells it out, and and the the the, the pants were made out of the, the hat and the pants are made of flax. And so the navi is spelling out what the tater means sheish. So you might ask on Ravina's on Ravina's answer. Amalei Ravashi, Ravashi said to Ravina, "Hamakami dasi Yecheskel mein Amra." Before Yecheskel came along, how did they know this? 
You're saying we don't know in the Torah. We don't know what Sheish means. Mm. So you have to wait. A, you have to wait over a thousand years to learn what it means. What did they do all this thousand? The, the first thousand years. According to you, that anything it says in the Navi we didn't know earlier. said that that how do we know that someone who's uncircumcised or someone who converts to Christianity is not allowed to do the service in the temple? So Rav said, It doesn't say anywhere in the Torah. We learned it from the words of Yecheskel, the prophet. That anyone whose heart is stuffed, doesn't believe in Karbanas, doesn't believe in Hashem, doesn't believe in sacrifices, and someone who physically is uncircumcised, is not allowed to go enter into my temple to serve me. So you can ask the same question. How do they know what the first thousand years of Jewish existence that someone who's uncircumcised, a Kayin, is not allowed to do the service? Ella, what's the answer? Of course, Moshe taught us all Torah. We know all the laws. We know how to fulfill the mitzvahs. Cheskel came and he wrote it down. Right. That that he learned. He wrote it down. So Achinami here too. Gemara Gemila. Really, we knew this all the time. That Chesh is linen. There was never a doubt. We're just trying to find where does it say in the pasuk. Pasuk Cheskel Cheskel comes and he explains and he and he finds a pasuk. Now we know what Chesh. Yeah. He's interpreting what does Chesh mean. Tell us Chesh. Now we know what it means. We know Chesh is linen because we always had the tradition that Chesh that that it had to be made of linen. Yeah. It says mazar me. Whatever it says mazar means it was eight, eight strands. We know how do we know this? It says v'yasher shuli amil remainet chelus because it says you can make on the bottom of the robe you should make remainet. You should make like uh, pomegranates made of chelus, blue wool dyed wool, argam and purple dyed wool, lashani scarlet dyed wool, mazar. And v'yalev we learn mazar mazar me parechets from the parechets malhal and just like the curtain. Because it says that it was made of four different uh, types, and each one was made of six. So each 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 thread had all four colors. Twenty-four. Had, had three colors and linen. Each thread. So each thread was twenty-four. So Afghan also here But here you only have three. By the remainder, by the by the pomegranates in the bottom of the of the robe, you only had three. Tait only spells out wool, dyed per, blue, purple, and scarlet. So therefore, all together, each one was eight. Since you have to have, you learn it has to be twenty-four. You learn from the parachas twenty-four. There you had four. You had the three wool and one linen. Each one was six. Here, so we learn also here, it was made up of 24 strands. But here you only have three parts. So we learn it here. Each part was made up at, was eight. So you had eight strands of blue, eight strands of uh, dyed uh, purple, eight strands red. And then you put them, you twine them all to make one single thread. So it was a thick thread. 28. 20, no, no, 24. 
So your mother asks, when Nelev, let's learn Mikhaishan Vefid. Why are you learning a Gzader Shavu? The, the the pomegranates on the bottom of the of the rope. Why are you why are you learning it out from the from the curtain? Learn it out from the chayshim Also also it says marzah. Say there was twenty eight. The gemara will explain later. How do we know there was twenty eight? The gemara says we learn out donin It doesn't say gold. By the curtain, there was no gold. So also over here, by the pomegranate, there was no gold. Rather than learn out the pomegranates from the breastplate and the apron, which says, which says, uh, on the contrary, begged me, begged, better to learn a garment from a garment. <laughs> right. This is this is the bottom of the robe, which is a garment. From the the apron and the breastplate, which is a garment, better to learn that than to learn it from, from a curtain. Lafuki it's a tent. It's a and for the Ella, the answer the answer is done. We learn with done in Mavni. We learn twenty four from a belt. Also had four parts. Also linen, a mixture of linen. Each one was six. Twenty four. The done in. Because it's also a belt, it's also a garment. So it's like it's also like the the uh, the pomegranates, which is in the bottom of, of the robe. So a garment and a garment, but also a garment doesn't say gold. Better than learn it from a garment, from the apron and the breastplate. That's a garment, but it says gold. Another answer that Mari Yomer Mari gives. The reason you don't learn from the Cheshem Ve'efer is because there it says Tasenuksiv. It you should make. It and nothing else. Another answer. Ravashi Yomar Ravashi gives. You can't learn from the 28. You can't divide it up. It says Vasisa means you call Asiyas Shavis. It has to be equal. Right, three equal. <laughs> if you only have three colors and you have twenty-eight, how are you gonna? Right, you can't divide twenty-eight into three. Right, navit lasa dasoda asoda, avalut lasin. Then you have thirty. In navit today, the tisha tisha nine and nine nine is eighteen. V'chad asoda, amukravasisa shiakalasia shavas. It has to be all equal. We'll stop over here. Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful day. Yeah, let's end it.